You are listening to This is Oklahoma, hosted by Mike Hearn, telling stories of Oklahomans and those that have made it their home. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of This is Oklahoma. Mike Hearn here, your host, back with another episode. I have with me today Michael Kraft, and if you've listened to the podcast for a long time, um, Hal Smith spoke very fondly of your dad, and yeah. obviously you're very involved with Hal and HSR and the whole you know, restaurant entry, which we'll dive into. But uh, when um, uh, Zach texted me and said, hey, I got this member, uh, you know, he said the name and, and just mentioned Neighborhood Jam. I was like, oh, I'm not, it has to be, you know, you, right? Obviously, yeah. you know, it has to be put two and two together and Hal and everything. And I did see Hal down at uh, Toby's event last weekend. Um, and he's doing fine, which is great. Uh, but yeah, thanks for you know coming on the podcast. I know you're doing some some big things coming up and some cool things that are coming. And we've just always been hanging out and chatting for a little bit, talking about those. And, and now we're going to tell some stories to the listeners. So for everyone who doesn't know who you are, uh, what, who are you? What do you do? And why you know why are we doing this today? All right, uh, name's Michael Kraft. I'm from Edmond. I grew up there my whole life. I went away to college at the University of Mississippi. Uh, I was there for four and a half years due to uh, changing my major my junior year to hospitality management, which came in good use because I'm doing it now. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, went there, I came home, uh, started working for my dad. Um, it kind of started before that though. So my junior year actually had Hal, my dad, um, Mike Rogers, who's vice president for my dad, and also Brad Johnson, who is the uh, corporate chef for a company. So mm-hmm. they flew down to Oxford. Um, it's about 45 minutes away from Memphis. Beautiful place. I loved my time there. Uh, total culinary institute. Um, it's kind of really how I wanted to be in the restaurant business. Mm-hmm. It's not really necessarily something I want to do before that. Um, I grew up playing, or I grew up cooking. Uh, for my dad at Charleston's and Red Rock and stuff like that until I went away to college and even when I came home from for winter and stuff like that uh, but I never thought it was going to be a profession of mine um, I came home and I, I kind of just told my dad like you know there's this place in Oxford that's super cool they do breakfast it was a diner-ish feel called Big Bad Breakfast um, John Currents who's a reclaimed chef around the world uh, James Beard award winner multiple times and uh, so they flew down. It's like, let's check it out. So yeah. they flew down. They checked it out. Um, incredible food. I think he has probably six or seven locations now. But uh, that's kind of what changed, I would say, my trajectory for the rest of my life. Sure. So now we got Neighborhood Jam about to open up another concept. Uh, that was kind of my first passion, I would say. So. Yeah. Um, it's came for full yeah. circle for sure. So, so growing up, and, and for those listening, your dad's name's Hank, Hank Craft, yep. and, and Hal Smith, and, and the other guys you mentioned. So, growing up, like you've obviously been centered around the restaurant industry, and you know, bus tables and worked in the kitchen. And was was it more of when you get to like 15, 16, like dad's like, hey, you need to get a job, come work in the kitchen and start washing dishes, or was it more of you just actually had a passion for food? Uh, so I'd say it was when I was 14. Okay. So it's 14. My dad said, well, you can legally work now. I said, oh, that's great, isn't it? <laughs> so I mowed yeah. my grandma's lawn and did stuff like that before that, but I never had a job until I was 14. So my dad started driving me to work every Saturday and Sunday. Yeah. Uh, if I didn't have basketball or golf or something like that. And uh, I did master prep. Uh, so in the kitchen doing prep all day, 
for Charleston's two days a week. And then that transformed into my summers being consumed by that if I don't have a golf tournament. Um, and then once I turned 16, I think I started working at Red Rock, did the same thing there and then worked on the line. Uh, I had an interest for food. I had a, a brief uh, website online for cooking and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, I originally wanted to go to culinary school. Okay. That was kind of what I wanted to do. I never thought I was going to come back home um, after that, but I ended up doing it, and um, I'm glad I did. Yeah. So it wasn't so, ever forced or something like I thought I had to do. None of my siblings are in the restaurant business until two years ago. My brother started working for Chick-fil-A and he's sure. doing that. My sister is a uh, corporate auditor and she's also uh, handles all of our licensing for HSR. And then my brother lives in Dallas and he's in the financial sector. Yeah. So n- never something I ever thought I'd be doing working with my dad, but it's probably the best decision I ever made for yeah. sure. So, so you, you know, obviously your dad takes you to work and you're doing all this cool stuff and, and then you're, you're prepping all day. And I guess from that on, you start to see the entire process of, you know, it, it's much, you appreciate the meal much more when you've, when you've prepped all day, right? Yeah. And you see the smiling faces and the people coming in and, and for Charleston's, they're probably occasions, right? I mean, you get the people who would eat there two or three times a week, but you also yeah. get the people who come in, it's a birthday, it's a whatever, and they're celebrating something and then you've seen the prep that you've put into a meal and smiling faces, it's, you know, it's a win, right? Yeah. Um, so... What was the initial like goal for going to Mississippi for? What was the univ- what was the degree in before you changed? Uh, it was just a business degree. I didn't really know what I wanted to do. Yeah. Um, I think that was the best decision I made. I think I I made it actually April of my senior year in college. I was going to plan to go to OU. My whole family went to OU, and I didn't really think it was a choice. Yeah. Um, I went. One of my buddies that I went to high school with. His dad went to Old Miss. We went down for Double Decker Weekend, which is their big arts parade. They shut down their town square. And uh, it's a kickoff for SEC baseball. Okay. So we went down there, and I like looked at him. I'm like, well, let's go. <laughs> you know, I can always come back to OU, but if I go to OU and I want to leave, yeah, yeah. be a whole lot harder. So um, that's kind of how that happened. And I think, you know, I never really appreciated, I would say, what my dad did or built. Sure. Until I probably came home and I did it for myself. Um, so I think that's more the most gratifying thing about now is that I actually appreciate... Yeah. When I was 14, I was like, dad's taking me to work. You got to be kidding me. All my friends are doing whatever they want to on the weekend. Right, playing golf, doing yeah, whatever. I got to yeah. work at five o'clock in the morning. This isn't going to work out. So yeah. uh, it was a good thing for me, but I feel like I've always taken my own path. My mom calls me the wild card. Yeah. So um, I never, I never made things easy for myself and I feel like they could have been a whole lot easier. Sure. So uh, I always had to find out things on my own and uh, sure enough I did. Yeah. So when you when you so you make the decision you go to Mississippi uh, when like for someone who now probably in your position like you walk into a restaurant and you see things totally differently yeah. to as a normal person would walk in right because you're in the, in the industry was that the same when you first went down there were you going in places as a, you know as like a freshman or when you're in college still like with that kind of intuition of hey I've grown up in the restaurant industry I'm just looking at things differently or do you just not really care until you something must have clicked for you to change that major uh you know like I think a big part of it for me was traveling okay um before probably getting to Mississippi, like we always take a family trip, we always go somewhere really cool. And obviously, big thing for my dad is New eating concepts. places. Yeah. yeah. So um, whether it's California, Florida, Asheville, South Carolina, it, it doesn't really matter. 
where it is, but it's always the main focus of where we're going. You sure. know, once you plan the trip, where are we eating? What's what's new? What's hot? What's on a list that you've seen that would be cool? And like yeah. at that time, I wasn't really thinking for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, it's more so like oh, do something with dad. You know, it's bonding things yeah. like that. And uh, and you're eating great food. Which yeah, you're eating great food. There's suck. there's uh, you're, there's nothing wrong with that. So yeah. that's kind of how I would say that came about in my brain. About you know, you go places uh, even in Oklahoma City, and you're like, this is a really cool concept, but they could have done this. Yeah, or they could have done that. And I think that's that's a big part of how neighborhood jam came about. Uh, big bad breakfast was obviously a huge, um, just example for us mm-hmm. to, to follow or try to imitate, but it was a 12 seat place, had 10 bar stools, yeah. looked like a diner. It was very rustic food. Yeah. Um, and then you start going West coast and you see more trendy places that have atmosphere that has fun mm-hmm. in it, bright colors. It's a completely different, but the mission's still the same. Yeah. So, um, traveling and I think just being away once I started cooking for myself I mean like I said it it was hard to appreciate what because at that time when I got to the age probably a comprehending of what was going on it's probably past the point of my dad like really building what he had okay obviously it's probably doubled since high school now as far as yeah. how many restaurants he has but at the time like I didn't know any different so yeah. I think that was a big part of it for me seeing it by myself so. yeah so you get so every, fast forward everyone like flies down they all you know the team looks at looks at big bad big bad breakfast and then you think right let's do it let's bring this to oklahoma city and call it neighborhood jam yeah well it wasn't that simple for the right. name or the process yeah. but, but that's like uh, that's how it started yeah that's how it started so i had a year and a half left uh finished up in summer school um i started management for the first time at charleston's when i yeah. moved home um was there for about two and a half years and during the whole entire time we're working on this obviously the first thing's finding a place yeah uh to put the first one and the place that we put it wasn't the actual first location so um you know the 150th and pin growing up that was probably the most eye-opening thing to me moving home was or anytime i came home for break was i remember i think it was my freshman year uh, my friends were like hey let's go out downtown i was like where are we going out downtown they're like uh, there's this new place called Fassler Hall. I'm like, Fassler Hall, what is right. this? In, yeah. in Midtown on 10th Street, there's nothing There's nothing, there's nothing downtown. Nothing, yeah. No, we went to Harkins Theater growing up. That was it. <laughs> uh, there wasn't much more down there. Yeah. So uh, we went down there. You know, you kind of see nightlife starting to pick up a whole lot every single time I come home. Uh, the food and just concepts that are coming up yeah. aren't so... Oklahoma and traditional. Was this like 2012, 11, 13? Yeah, so like high school, I graduated in 11, so that would have been 12 through 15. I mean, yeah. I feel like the biggest boom sure. as far as the base new restaurants that are... In Midtown, too. Yeah, yeah in Midtown yeah. that that are there. So, um, yeah, so just came home working at Charleston's during that time. We're working on the concept, uh, start designing it. Um, we designed it actually at the same time that we're designing or we're finishing up the bar that I'm about to open. Uh, here in the next month mm-hmm. um, and that kind of fell through I mean think about running a restaurant from 6.30 in the morning to 11 o'clock at night and we kind of pumped the brakes on that but it was fully designed and fully finished uh, just kind of put it on the back burner until we got Jam where we wanted to be yeah. um, so we opened Jam in October 11th of 2017 um, it opened probably about seven months late like most restaurants probably <laughs> open late but not that yeah. late um it was really hard for us to find a name and it's kind of funny and i'm glad it ended up where it did because uh neighborhood jam obviously has a lot more meaning 
to the name than a lot of names that we picked. Yeah. And so you know, well, everything happens for a reason. What were the names on the short list? Oh, a lot of plays on our last name and stuff like that. And then just some playful names and it never worked out. Yeah. So, so how did you, like, who, who came up with Neighborhood Jam and why Neighborhood Jam? Like, where did that come from? So, I mean, technically I came up with it with my dad, but I, I mean, as you know, and you've seen with other people that we've done, it's a lot more than one yeah. or two people. I yeah. mean, uh, there's no way that you could do it by yourself or I don't know how you do it if you right. do it. Um, so, I mean, there's a lot of collaboration. My dad's vice president, um, Mike Rogers, he was a big part of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brent Bazin, who was actually my boss at Meridian, and he's still over me now as an area partner for my dad over Upper Crust and Neighborhood Jam and then soon to be Jimmy B's. Yeah. Uh, so he's like my mentor during this whole thing. Then my dad has a training director, uh, Sarah McDaniel, sure. who was in charge of all the training, and she makes sure uh, our dreams come to reality. Yeah. So, I mean, Neighborhood Jam has just been a, an absolute success. Like, you can't go there you can't you know you call up on a saturday or whatever like just you know good luck (laughs) like get there early and that's great because it's you know it's it's just become like this thing isn't it that just like this powerhouse right i mean breakfast in town is is growing especially with the industry and you know you've got sunnyside and hatch and all the other places that are coming up but it's like you know okay if we can't get into neighborhood jam where do we go right that's like the especially I'd with, hope so that's, yeah. for, that's what it's like for me uh, you know and th- there is great places but you, I think we have that core like four or five that are like top of the tree aren't they and then yeah. you know and it's great to be in such a short time and I think we list. were last yeah. so I think the other three that you mentioned I think they were all they all opened before us yeah um, which is kind of funny because like I said started working on this at the beginning of the college and I'm like, Dad, these other places are opening. This was my idea seven right. years ago. What's going on? And uh, obviously, it's not that simple, um, but it's not always best to be first. Sure. Um, the goal is to last during the whole entire yeah. time. So um, it all worked out. Uh, it's kind of funny. The first day we open, like, you have no idea what you're going to do. Brand new concept. It's like yeah. the bar. Like, you're trying to figure out, you know, well, are we going to do this a week? Are we going to do that a week? Like, you don't really have any idea. First yeah. day, it's like 8 o'clock. There's like a couple tables in there. And you're like, oh, my gosh, what, this is embarrassing. I'm embarrassing <laughs> my dad right now. Uh, the yeah. next day, my dad was busting tables because we were a little short-staffed. That's so, awesome. Uh, it all, from then, it's just been a roller coaster. So we have three now. Um, we open Norman, I want to say about nine months after we open yeah. the original jam. And originally, we could have opened Norman before the admin location, but... Um, we wanted to open Edmond. It was closer to me and my dad, and yeah. it made more of a sense. Made more sense at the time to open it there, uh, just because of the thought process of how that was going to work out. Like everything north of us was neighborhoods. Yeah. Everything south of us was two of the busiest intersections in the whole entire city. Um, I didn't think we were going to be that busy. Yeah. And I still don't. It kind of blows my mind. Yeah. For for the Norman location, was that kind of like? you know we have to have something in norman because it's obviously closer to the home of headquarters of hsr and yeah. obviously ou ties for the whole family and that was like a hey we have to have and obviously opportunity as well yeah i think a big part of it was obviously uh that the corporate office is there yeah. um that's a massive part obviously hal is there david our cfo lives there um along with everybody else that works there um two i mean there's a lot of connections to ou and and just downtown Norman, I think it, it made sense at the mm-hmm. time. I think just syrup and um, 
that place across the street from Syrup, right? Scratch, yeah, what's is, the it place? Is, it yeah scratch? Scratch. scratch. Yeah, they have yeah. a Scratch in Norman. Yeah. Um, so those two places were only there, and they have limited brunch menus. It wasn't like full-on bar and yeah. not as big as jam and stuff like that. So that's my favorite restaurant we've done so far on the inside. It's a really cool restaurant. Yeah. And then Tulsa opened the April before last, and a really cool development right behind Southern Hills, actually. Nice. Yeah, yeah it's not a bad spot Yale. to be in. So yeah. you can go up, have breakfast, and then you can go play golf. Yeah, if anybody Perfect knows day. you can get me on the Southern Hills, call me. Yeah, <laughs> me too. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, so with, obviously, the success of Jam, and then, you know, you're, you're, I guess, there must be a lot of pressure being, like, the son of, you know, people who have, like, rocked it, right? Like, yeah. extremely successful, and, like, you know, your first day, you're like, I've let everybody down, nobody's here. But... What is that like seeing, you know, opening up and doing it with all the mentors around you? And, you know, like, I don't think it was ever going to fail. Yeah. Right. But for you, like mentally, what was it like going through that and, and going through your own process? And, you know, I don't know, I guess, how was it opening up for the first time and doing all that? Yeah. You know, it's like nerve wracking every single day still. Yeah. Um, it's, I don't know, it's, it's difficult to explain. I think a lot of it brought obvious me have appreciation with for my dad um but for him to have i think at the time like 70 restaurants and i'm opening my first one i'm about to pee my pants standing there <laughs> waiting for people to come in but yeah. uh you know it's i mean that's the biggest pressure to me is just like not letting my down down my yeah. dad down and obviously i'm there's been plenty of times that's happened um but he's always been very supportive and yeah. like you said i don't think it was ever now option to fail um, I just want it to be the best. Right. You know, I have one, one restaurant right now that I'm a part of. I would love for it to blow his expectations and sure. then what anybody else does too. So, yeah. um, I mean, it's nerve wracking. I mean, the first thing I did after the first busy day we had, which was our second day, uh, was write a letter of appreciation to my dad, Hal and our CFO, just because, I mean, yeah. it just kind of sinks in at the end of the day. You're like, you know, we pulled this together, you know, like kitchen wise, restaurant wise, bar wise, just, pre- just over preparing and try to make something work yeah. or that people like. Cause, uh, we see probably most of our guests probably more than twice a week, probably 60 or 70% of them. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, that's kind of something I saw a big bad breakfast is that breakfast is habitual. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to go to the same place for lunch or dinner every day. That's not, that's not something that seems fun to yeah. me or seem cool, but I want neighborhood jam and I want it to be at the time or a place where, you know what, we see the same people mm-hmm. every single day, Monday through Thursday, whether it's business meetings, Bible studies, getting together, meeting your friends before work yeah. and nurses getting off work because their shift changes at seven. Um, whatever it is. I mean, to me, that was the ideal concept to capture uh, neighborhood. Yeah. I mean, that's why I said big part of neighborhood coming into the name um, you want it to feel like a community town feel, right? Yeah. That's yeah. a place that you want to go to every day and you're comfortable. You know what you're going to get. And I feel like my dad's done that with most, all of his restaurants, Charleston's mahogany, yeah. red rock, you go in there, you know, the service and the food that you're going to get every single time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but we wanted to elevate the drinks and the food a little bit more. And, uh, think you'll see with this new bar yeah. i think we did a really good job of that so so the new bar is this the one you originally had, had put on the back burner then yeah when it was supposed you to open the same time as jam yeah. um actually right in front of jam and the and the building that's out front that's uh supposed to be three quarters jam one quarter uh the yeah. bar at that time which was supposed to be named after my dad at the time but uh jimmy yeah. b's has a bigger meaning uh i don't know if you read dave kathy's article uh-huh. wednesday 
Jimmy B is for Jim Blanchard, who was my dad's first area partner for House Smith Restaurants. Uh, He died in a motorcycle accident um, almost three years ago. So uh, Jimmy B's has a meaning. um, And I'm glad we get to honor him in some way. And um, yeah, it's pretty cool. Where, Where did the original idea for the bar come from? Uh, going to LA, yeah, uh, LA, Dallas, um, just seeing other concepts that did food and drinks in an elevated manner. Sure, um, there are plenty of places like I would say, like places like Jones Assembly and places like Ludovine, I think, do a great job of like mm-hmm. food and elevating cocktails, and it's different, yeah. Um, and I think we'll see, you'll see with this concept, there are some items from some other concepts. Uh, but we're doing sushi for the first time, which is a big okay. deal. Um, we're doing seven rolls in our menu. Um, they're all very clean. I would say it's not really comparable to something in Oklahoma City just because it's a little bit more straightforward. And so I'm really excited for uh, people to try that. Yeah. And uh, then our bar program, um, Sterling Black, who I actually went to high school with, um, he worked for Whiskey Cake for a while and he moved back. And actually one of my managers is best friends with him at Jam. And uh, she's like, Sterling's moving back. You know, he's looking for a place to work. I'm like, well, I think we got Perfect. the Line right concept yeah. for him to work at. So yeah. uh, he's done a great job with all of our cocktails and stuff like that. And then, um, yeah, so we're opening here, yeah. hopefully middle of November. Has that been delayed because of the whole COVID thing? So originally we were supposed to open in May. Okay. Uh, so, we yeah. stopped construction for Jam in Midtown, which is going to open the the middle of January. Mm-hmm. Um, we stopped construction, I believe in April and we didn't restart towards the end of July yeah. and then just getting textiles and stuff like that. Most things are in back order. So it's kind of delayed the process more. But like I said, I think yeah. everything's going to happen for a reason. What's it like being on like the build side of things? Totally different. It's frustrating. <laughs> I'm sure it is. Especially I mean, this year. Yeah. I mean, you, I, it's frustrating this year and too, like, goes back to me saying like I wish we could open jam before anywhere else I mean you have in your mind of when you're supposed to open things and the things that you cannot control are the most frustrating and it doesn't really make sense but it it does because you can't take care of people you can't serve them food you can't be open you're not in that realm realm of things you're waiting on other people to finish what they're doing and it's and it's hard right now so yeah as far as I think for me like one me not being nothing to do with the restaurant industry but what is it like like picking menu items because that for me must be the hardest thing in the world especially if it's a jam or if it's a new bar because you're like everything tastes great there's nothing on the menu that's bad yeah like but you've got to you've got to shrink it down you it's, said you know, eight a, rolls or yeah seven it's, a rolls du- or it's a double-edged sword i mean yeah. it's a like with jam i would say it was pretty easy i mean okay. you have you have your basics for breakfast you have to do and then you don't yeah. want to do too much of which you don't think you can execute Specials in the or whatever, yeah. Yeah, uh, with the bar, it was super hard. Uh, our chef, uh, Richard Lee, um, who's, who came up with all the sushi and did a lot of other food items with Brad, um, every single thing we tried was good. Yeah. I mean, I don't think there was... We do taste. We did tastings twice a week for... I mean, we had... We were trying food menu items four years ago. So, I mean, we've accumulated a lot of food, but... Yeah. Um, it's cool. So, like, what I love that we're going to do, so our happy hour, we're going to offer five items that aren't our menu item or that aren't a current menu item um, just during happy hour. So, okay. uh, we get to serve some of those or, or scale down the size of them so yeah. it's not an entree, but it's a, it's a cheaper bite to eat. 
and uh, for great value and something that people hopefully beg that's on the menu. Yeah. But uh, also with that, then you save some for fe- for features and stuff like that um, down the line because the first two months you don't really have a whole lot of time to yeah. uh, try things anymore. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, another thing, obviously, is is the vodka that's coming, right? Yeah. So teamed up with uh, Prairie Wolf and uh, did a vodka label together. So yeah. pretty excited about that. The first place it'll be is at um, Jimmy B's downtown and then hopefully uh, we'll see it at some other places yeah. after that yeah it's uh, it's in, and I didn't know until you said earlier that it's the vodka is in like 50% of the drinks at bars right I mean, didn't even think of that but yes. it is so I mean you think about vo- vodka is such a main spirit for I mean brunch especially yeah. if it's not champagne and stuff like that but in uh, a bar I mean most people still you know, Tito's and soda. Yeah. It's, uh, it's just something that's a simple drink. And it's a, if you're getting a fruity drink, probably 80% of the time that it's going to be vodka and something vodka. Yeah. Yeah. So that it made when sense. When we played the golf tournament Saturday, it was screwdrivers to, before we teed off. It <laughs> yeah. was freezing cold. And it probably should have been a, a Bailey's and something, but it was, I can't drink Bailey's. So it was a vodka and orange juice at eight o'clock tea time. But it's fine. I didn't have the car. It was a day off. It was a good, good event, um, and always great to have a drink when you play golf. Depends how good the golf is, I guess. But, yeah, uh, that depends okay. how much you drink. So. Yeah, we did okay. Uh, so, so the vodka is obviously going to be cool, and it's, you know, what better to see your, your name on a, on, a, on a bottle of, of a spirit, right? Yeah, was absolutely. It, was it hard to divert? Sometimes, like it's all. I think it, people who design vodka and do design, I mean, talking about the bottle, like they. You know, if, if, if you're in a bar and you've never, you don't know what, you know, you don't know your cheapest vodka to your most expensive vodka, what, a lot of people go to the design of the bottle, right? So was that, um, and we have it right in front of us, was that, um, you know, was that hard to do? Was it design? Because there's some of them, there's, it's expensive to design fancy glass, isn't it? Uh, was there anything thinking about that? Yeah, it was expensive. Yeah. Um, as far as design, um, I kind of had a, an idea of what I wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, my dad actually designs all of the restaurants um, that are built and draws them okay. out like an architect He's does. really into it then. Then he gives yeah. them to his architects. So that's what he wanted to do, and he gets to do it now. And then I got to help my dad quite a bit with yeah. uh, design for Jam and then now the bar. So. I love that a- aspect of it. Obviously, uh-huh. I think about as a consumer, go into a liquor store, go into a bar. Um, if you're looking for something new, usually the bottle is what catches your eye. Yeah. Um, and then hopefully the spirit is the one that pushes you to go get it again. Yeah. Um, so that's why the design is what it is. And I think it, it looks good. Uh, it'll mm-hmm. sell good. And um, I'm excited. It's made here too. Yeah. It's the best thing about it. And then Brennan Prairie Wolf are doing great things. And yep. they've done great things, especially with COVID. They, they just started making hand sanitizer yeah. nowhere by pallets, which is really cool. And they're up in Guthrie, right? Yep. Yeah, doing great things up there. And I need, I need to have them on the podcast because I've always heard great things and, and great stories, especially Guthrie's such an awesome town anyway. But um, so that's opening up soon then. The bar's opening up soon. Yep. Super excited about that. Uh, hopefully people can go out and hang out and watch football games or whatever is going on and just do what we used to do, right? Yeah, it would be nice for yeah. sure. So hopefully this... Uh, Things get a little bit easier. I never imagined in my life that I would have six weeks off of work. Yeah. Um, we get a week. We get a couple weeks a year, and it's only a week at a time. And, I mean, if I would have known I had six months, I wish I could have traveled Europe or something. <laughs> right, so, yeah. Uh, 
it wasn't the case, but I think it was a good time to reflect and um, yeah, get prepared for the future. I mean, if I would say we didn't do any to-go food or really curbside before COVID at Neighborhood Jam. I mean, people yeah. didn't think about getting breakfast to go or Postmate it or DoorDash or, or whatever it is. And um, we had to learn that on the fly pretty quick yeah. about how, how to do high volume uh, to go. And it wasn't easy, um, but I think we're starting to get it down and it's been very beneficial for business. And sure. I don't think it's just a trend. It's obviously going to be something uh, to stay now that people realize that they can get they quality can food it. at home. Yeah. Yeah, they're used to that now. And I think just having the opportunity to learn from those lessons, right? Like yeah. it's not going away. So now that you can do it and it's perfected. Yeah. And I think the best thing for you guys and, and a lot of restaurants during COVID was people were, they weren't expecting great things anyway, were they? They were like giving you kind of a, a period of time to figure stuff out because everybody was in the same boat. Yeah. Every restaurant who had never done to go was trying to figure it out. So obviously there was going to be things that didn't work and did work. And the customer was probably, all right, you know, that's it happens. You guys are figuring out. We're just glad that you're open. Yeah. We're just glad that we can get food right now and yeah. our favorite dish at Jam or wherever it is. And that's so. like I said, the difficult thing because most people do come in several times a week and they're yeah. not seeing them. Um, not all of our employees working at, or not as many employees working um, yeah. while we were just doing curbside and stuff like that. And then. I don't. It's just it's a very guilty feeling knowing that your whole entire wait staff is at home. Yeah. yeah. And and this is and nobody knew when it was going to end. I mean, it was two weeks, and then yeah. Who knew Who knew that we were going to open up as soon as we did? And then uh, just trying to catch up on the fly and get everybody back to speed because six weeks off of work when you're doing something every single day, it's not the easiest thing to come back from. Yeah, especially if you're used to high volume, moving around, always doing something, yep. and then you sat on your couch watching Netflix all day for six weeks. You're like, my mind is losing. I'm losing my mind. Absolutely. I need to do something, right? I, I cooked every day and got to be with my dog, so yeah. that, was, that was a good part about it. But, um, yeah, it was pretty... Uh, yeah, it was pretty humbling. I mean, you don't realize we'd be the busiest restaurant in Oklahoma, but you can't serve anybody. You can't serve anybody, and that yeah. can end pretty quick. Yeah, it's a reality check for sure. Definitely, and you know, obviously, you guys have done a great job of getting through it, and the best that you can get through it, and and with the volume you guys, you know, so many restaurants. I'm sure it wasn't easy, but thankfully we're figuring it out and we're on the other side of it hopefully and you know we have to go now and all the other things so that's a good thing um i asked uh brian bogart these questions uh and they were he hated me i don't think he hated me for asking them but they were tough questions uh favorite place to eat when you go on at night in oklahoma city that's not one of your restaurants i think i listened to that and probably have the same answer as he did it was an italian place i think uh i thought he said Cheevers. Yeah, uh, it was that. I asked it. it. Yeah, you're right. It was Cheevers that. or uh, oh, that's hard. Yeah, you know, food is mood. It's kind of kind of what you're in the mood for. I'd say Goro's really up there. Mm-hmm. Um, I love Goro, and I'm glad that Gun merged with it because Gun was really good too. Yeah. Um, favorite place to go like at nine is the other room. Okay. Just dark. Not a lot of people there good bar very homey feeling feels yeah. like you're in Colorado it's kind of yeah. cool what about um, concepts that you've seen on travels that, you, that we just don't have yet that like you are itching to open uh, I don't know if I'd ever open like a straightforward restaurant again <laughs> <laughs> like uh, besides yeah. I would say like nouveau like Mediterranean Greek food okay like 
just a little bit higher end, but still casual. Um, yeah. There was another place, I forgot what it was called. It was in Oxford too, but it was like the pump, like it was old gas station. They redid it. Yeah. And it was like rustic Italian, but it was like nouveau and it was incredible. And there's, I mean, we have great clout, like new news is great. Zorba's is right mm-hmm. down the street from me. Uh, they're both great, but, uh, I would say that. And then just, I'd love to open a full on bar of what we're about to open okay. and not do food. And, um, besides that, still think outdoor venues. Like that's the one thing that frustrates me about Oklahoma still is that you get it down to Dallas and every single place has a cool patio. Every yeah. single place has, even if it's plexiglass in the winter, like Doesn't it's still, matter. still somewhere to go where you can go outside. Yeah. It's 10 degrees warmer there pretty much all year, but yeah. it's still, there's, there's plenty of good days here and there's ways to take care of it with heaters or fans or whatever it is. But uh, I just think the, the, the patio atmosphere and stuff like that could be a whole lot better in Oklahoma. And I think it is downtown. I yeah. mean, you have views and stuff like that, but it's, it's, I think that's one area that people could really capitalize on. You right could now. really excel at that mm-hmm. if you opened up a spot that had a bit. I mean, of you think about anywhere that opens with a good patio, it's usually a hot place for a while until somewhere someone yeah. else opens up with a bad, or like with a better patio than they yeah. do. Yeah, one that's like not just ten or twelve people. One that's a you know it's a yeah. good atmosphere. It's a good size, big size. I mean, you mentioned Fassler earlier. Fassler is a great hangout. Yeah, you know, when it's outside and it's warm and it's you know it's. It's just a good night. It's, good. it's a good all-round place, I think. You yeah. can go there. I've been there every hour of the day, I think, and it's just been... I remember coming back. Uh, I hadn't been out in a while, and I went to Fasto with some friends, and, and I was driving at the time, and, and I was like, there's a DJ here now. Yeah. Why is there a DJ here? And then the people are, like, dancing on the table. It's like, this used to be just, like, a hangout, oh, have a few drinks, and now, like, it's going crazy. And then I, the DJ at the time was Lightbright and had him on the podcast. And he's like, oh, yeah, it's one of my busiest nights. It's really? Crazy. Love it. Yeah. So one of my favorite places, uh, brunch places, actually, in the United States, it's Hash Kitchen. Okay. It's in Scottsdale. And they have a uh, they have a DJ. They have a big old, like, Bloody Mary bar and, like, my dad would never go for that. So <laughs> that's probably never going to happen. That might work DJ in Norman. Neighborhood GM, yeah. but, uh, that might work in Norman. Yeah. Maybe the normal location. May, maybe so. But, yeah. um, yeah, I mean, you, you see places and like, to me, it's never like a full concept. I'm like, this mm-hmm. is the coolest restaurant I've ever been. And it's like, did it's, you see those taps that they have behind their bar? Did you see like their napkins? Yeah. You know, and it's like my dad always saying that stuff out loud while we're traveling when we're younger of him just like nerding out about yeah. a picture frame or something crazy but uh you know that attention to detail and paying attention to that i think helps you put together a restaurant yeah. that you want to so i mean yeah you see tons of elements i'd say it's probably more elements than it is food about what people are doing yeah uh, brad and chef lee can do or create anything we want them to create i think mm-hmm. just finding finding the right people obviously is the biggest part about it yeah um to make your dream come reality. Cause I mean, I can dream about it all day or want this concept to happen, but it takes a hundred more people than it does me yeah. to make it happen. And it's still going to go on after I'm here or I'm not. So mm-hmm. that's awesome. Uh, for everyone listening, how, I guess, what are the dates that everything's opening and then how can they get involved and follow and social yeah. media all the rest of it? Um, so we're planning to open Jimmy B's in the middle of November. Mm-hmm. Um, so it'd be the week before Thanksgiving. Uh, it's downtown on 11th and Broadway, just across from the new Oklahoma Contemporary Art Building. Nice. Um, I'm re- I'm really excited about that. Then about a month and a half later, hopefully middle of January, we're opening Jam in Midtown, which is on 11th 
and Dewey. Okay. Um, and that's in that new uh, building that took the place of the former Boulevard Cafeteria. Um, and that's going to be a really cool concept. Yeah. Looking forward to it. Awesome. I can't wait. I'm looking forward to it. I'll be there in November to have a drink and, and I don't know, check it out because that's a cool location. I would love that. We'll definitely do that and we'll put some stuff on social media for it as well. Michael, I appreciate your time, mate. Thanks for having me in the house and and hanging with Arnie, the the golden doodle who's been very, very well behaved. Uh, (laughs) Surprising. uh, Yeah. Uh, But yeah, I'm I'm excited and it's great to get an insight from you and and to hear what's going on. But um, yeah, for everyone listening, I'll post all the links down below and we'll catch you next episode. Cheers. Thank you for listening. We are inspired by those around us and hope that you are too. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast platform and leave us a review so we can keep telling your stories. For more great Oklahoma content, follow This Is Oklahoma on Facebook and Instagram.